can tell by that audio of the harmonica that it is the time for the reskilling event for, okay, this time it's March 2020, and uh, we're at the Portland Library, and it's a big place, everybody's invited, and it's out on Facebook, and also, um, yeah, and announced generally, you can welcome to come to uh, a reskilling event where there's lots of reskilling and and talking about reuse and uh, resilience and um, all kinds of audacious things like that. Um, this month, as, if, as is becoming the normal these last, uh, I'd say, six months, is that uh, I ran into a little bit of a mm, lack of time, so I'm just going to wing this. Anybody who comes can just show up and share uh, what they want to wing, too, as far as, as far as what they've been learning with uh, reskilling, reusing, or everything else. I'll certainly set up a, a slide set uh, to go with this audio and and um, generally um, massage it technically and then post it up on metageni.com slash reskill, which is a blog, and you can come to the month that you want. And this month, of course, will be uh, for, like I said, March 2020. So that being said, I'm uh, recording it on Ad Audacity on uh, Windows. That's free and works pretty good with a microphone. And then I also have my cell phone uh, audio, uh, which also works uh, quite well. And, and uh, um, I've got a lot of uh, content here I certainly want to share with you, even though I don't have it uh, put up in a nice uh, slide set in a PDF, as I will. Uh, later before I pop it up on the internet. Um, so, but, but the slide set usually starts out uh, with just kind of a preamble of there's a lot of um, in some things beyond just reusing and reskilling and resilience. And uh, I guess you can kind of refer to it and you can see all kinds of um, generally trying to look to um, our imaginations as to what would make us um, healthier moving forward uh, as we uh, proceed in this thing called life in Portland. The next slide, I do believe, has to do with mm, the fact that all reuse and resilience and all that uh, stuff interacts with all parts of our um, features of life, and that's cool. And also that uh, small things are pretty much the same as the big things, and that which is uh, global is also regional and even on our own block. So um, that's why we look at things in our own block and then also can use that same mindset to uh, look at the world in a uh, can-do kind of a, a way, at least uh, in terms of your uh, mental gymnastics. I think the next slide has to do with project management. Just basically, if any idea comes to mind uh, and you want to kind of do something about it, you can turn it into a project. And every project has to look at uh, how much money do you have, how much time do you have, who's going to do it, what kind of risk are you going to take doing it, what kind of quality or perfection do you want with it, uh, who are you going to talk to about it, and uh, you know, how are you going to go grab the things that you need to go grab. Uh, and Basically, can do is the way to approach uh, that kind of, of, um, of coming up with uh, ideas, for instance. Uh, so I think I'll just dive right in uh, to a bunch of pictures that I took this month and then also pictures that uh, Cindy took and 
go through both of those and also some maybe some uh, notes that I took and um, that are can be readily popped up on a uh, slide. So the, the first thing I want to get right into has to do with what, something that happened, um, maybe it happened uh, last night, maybe in Lannan Park, and uh, maybe there was some tree trimming that uh, basically needed to happen, and here's why. Uh, the trees in uh, summer and fall pretty much all full of leaves, can't really, really get to the look at the superstructure of the uh, of the branches of the trees, and when you look at it in the springtime before the tree the leaves come out, you can really see where they are. Their branches are curled in and touching each other in wrong ways, and that's and then they're way too tight uh, to each other. And there's you know, generally when you're pruning fruit trees, there's good uh, books on the library about how to do that. But that just goes for any tree. If you have it too tight, there you're going to get uh, fungus. Uh, in tight spaces and the tree is generally going to put energy where it really shouldn't uh, and so there's probably a lot more experts than me on it but um, when one person kind of can take a little loppers and go through the park and trim up the trees uh, one can number one uh, make it so that the tree is uh, healthier and the second is that it, um, if it's in the middle of the forest, you can keep the branches low, I guess. But if it's in a park and you're going to have kids running and throwing football and soccer, it might be a useful thing to have the branches uh, up above their heads. So if it's six or seven feet up that you trim the tree to, then that's, uh, that's great. So I just uh, recognize that all winter, uh, these three trees that are shown pretty much had gnarly low uh, obtrusive uh, branches down low with all kinds of, um, like I said, uh, touching, bran touching branches being unhealthy and stuff. And look at them now. Um, good job. So <clears throat> someone's doing some sort of a work on land and trees there, and I can see that, that would, I would call that uh, a good thing. And that is a, I guess, is a reskill. Um, this right here, next picture, is of a piece of furniture that was nabbed from the ReStore here in Portland. And so you can nab all kinds of uh, furniture. And this one has been uh, lots of, uh, it's worn very much and real oak, uh, real wood and not particle board like what you get at Ikea if you buy something. So this is... Uh, has all kinds of texture to it, and of course you can uh, make it uh, any, anything you want once you have a, a fun raw material. And so that's what, what that is. So anyone, you kind of have to always look at uh, Restore if you want to see if there's stuff there, and then just go again and again, and you'll be able to find all kinds of interesting stuff if you're wanting to uh, accumulate some... Um, furniture that's been used and that has a uh, low price and looking for a good place to uh, find a new home. This next picture is a picture of uh, real close to uh, our house where there's a, been a dump of wood chips in the winter, last fall or winter, and uh, they've been waiting for 
you know, kind of generally moving around, putting them around the, the, uh, the properties. And here is an instance where uh, Cindy had the opportunity to uh, buy a, um, a lot that the city owned. And so she just asked the city, hey, I'd like to turn it into a butterfly garden because look, at you know, here's my other house right here with the wood chips and could I have this lot? They said yes and so the idea here is that uh, you can take, I don't know, I didn't see a picture of it but there's a like a plastic sled uh, that you can buy and they can haul wood that I use pretty much uh, many times a week to haul wood from the back uh, of the yard into the front porch uh, and it carries heavy things just sliding it along the ground and so that's what happened here is you put the sled underneath the pile and you know, dump on the wood chips and drag it over. And then there's some old logs, about, you know, six to ten inches or so in diameter. And those are the perimeter. And then also the picket fence that's now a yellowish hue. It was not painted and had all kinds of graffiti. Um, symbols pasted on it. So there's a couple of simple things that can happen. You know, once you buy a property, it can be for eternity. So, you know, if it's $500, you got yourself a piece of eternal property, uh, do whatever you want to with it. And it just so happens that a butterfly garden is a perfect thing to do with an empty lot. Uh, seeing as how um, I just recently listened to a, a DVD film documentary about uh, butterflies and trying to st stop some real estate development in San Francisco because of these special beautiful butterflies and they got nowhere so we have to create habitat for um, these beautiful uh, butterflies and bees and, all, and bats and birds and all that stuff uh, and if we have an open lot you can do a lot with that and I'm not saying that other people don't do it in their own backyards with houses uh, but uh, it's you know if there's properties around, just high in weeds, might as well create make, make sure that the weeds that are growing there are um, butterfly uh, loving as, as as well. But I'm not saying we should keep uh, weeds high, but uh, just be mindful of opportunities. And I guess you know you can get seeds for wildflowers and things like that around and um, I guess you can look to the library for a, uh, there's a seed library so I don't um, that I think donation from Caudill uh, which is a Caudill seed company which is a local company and they'll be stocking up the library with all kinds of uh, seeds either vegetables or I'm not sure if there's going to be wildflowers. I'm going to be going there, on, I think, Thursday and, and grabbing and taking a look at their donation and uh, bringing it to the library, etc. cetera. Uh, so that's, that's that picture, and that's that story behind that. Uh, here's a, another picture of that same property. The property just so happens to be have a, a slab a concrete slab uh, kind of right through a section of it and um, so in order to kind of claim that there looks like there's a little 
uh, fence post hammered into the ground by means of a sledgehammer and standing on a chair. Everybody around me said, oh, don't use a sledgehammer on a chair. It's dangerous because the legs might break. But I did um, drill it in without any difficulty or uh, bad things happen. And, and as you can see, there's just some snow fencing that just kind of makes a um, an, an effect there that uh, there is a boundary there. And more, more to come. Uh, obviously, I'm turning a place that has been uh, has been kind of just a, a lot for extra use, and you turning it into a, one that has a special use for uh, butterflies. Here's another picture, and it is of the corner piece that was constructed in order to uh, not have to be have to drill something into the concrete, but just using wood four by fours and two by fours um, was able to you know kind of use an existing uh, fence and then using just forces you can create um, kind of foots feet uh, a foot on on the ground that can withstand lots of uh, forces from the fence, so that worked out uh, quite nicely, uh, yeah. So there was lots of talk about the design of this, and as it, as it kind of came about, uh, that's, that's what it came out as. There probably could have been uh, better things that could have been done. For instance, the 2 by 4 uh, that's really close to the metal pole could be on the other side of the metal pole so as to, uh, again, be able to withstand lots of tension from the fence, the tension needed in order to keep the, uh, the uh, fence uh, high versus uh, having it sag if it's not, if you can't put a lot of force on it to keep it up. Another way you can keep up snow fencing is to string a wire along the very top which also were, and then another way to do that too is to take very thin little sticks and weave them vertically into the fencing, which then creates, uh, kind of stands it up, even though it may not be super tight, because this is not that strong of fencing and it will break if you try to force it too much. Um, but sticks have a way of just standing it up easily. So that's quite the little project, I guess. And this next slide uh, is probably across the uh, across the street and behind the drugstore. There's a big open lot, and it's first sale. And it sure would be fun to throw in something uh, here, if, if at all possible because it's all fenced off and the ground doesn't look uh, extremely horrid. I'm sure it's not the best, but uh, probably it's nice and sunny, so you can kind of grow some things. Um, yep. In order to find out you know, who owns the property and start on all that escapade, uh, you, know, you, you need to use the databases available from the city and, and uh, approach the owner and all that kind of stuff, similar to finding Metro-owned empty lots and approaching them for you know, purchasing a property or a lot if you want to.
So that's that with uh, just a big open lot. Like, how cool is that? Uh, just uh, here's the next slide, which is uh, extremely fascinating. So this is uh, on the same property that has that very large wood chip pile. There are also some trees, probably maple-ish or something like that. And there were some branches that were touching the roof of the garage. And uh, given enough years, that can weather out the, the roof, and you don't want that. So I was doing my share of, of um, minimizing the uh, touching of the leaves. And in a couple instances, a lopper, uh, you know, I took a lopper to some of the branches, and about 10 to 10 minutes to a half hour later, um, I noticed it was just bleeding, and I touched and tasted the water. Oh, sorry, coming out, and it was kind of sweet. And I just thought, you know, if you gathered this water in a bucket and boiled it and condensed it, all that sugar, it probably would taste like maple syrup. And in, in fact, that's really what it is. And boy, that stuff really comes out pretty fun if it's the right time of the year. The next slide I am uh, showing here, uh, I guess, is a, um, a, a, it's a picture of the backyard, and it's got various things going on, and um, there's something about it that's cool, and I don't remember what it is. Darn. Oh well, there's a lot of things going in the backyard and you can always uh, make more stuff happen in the backyard if you want to. There's that, I guess. Huh? Okay. Here's the next slide, which is a picture of a sign that says Yarmouth Garden and then um, uh, down below there are some picnic tables. So what happened is that I was biking to work and I f ran into massive flooding and I needed to take a detour. So I took an interesting detour, which is over by kind of an overpass bridge um, to the science center. And when I went to the science center kind of plateau there where the entrance is there or you can go on and um, continue on, to the, uh, the street below, uh, there was this sign, and I looked, and there you go. So if if you, anyone wanted to have a picnic, one could have it there. You could have a, a gathering if you want, but it seems to me it could be little, uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know if it's a hangout for homeless or not, because it's really confined behind uh, the flood wall and the science center. It's open to the public right on about, I'd say, 7th, 7th or 8th uh, Street over there by the Muhammad Ali Center. That's not in Portland, but it is something that was on my cell phone and I took a picture of it. Um, let's see. 
I don't know if I mentioned, I probably didn't mention this last month about uh, just having a potluck in the park. Yes, I did. I remember that. So I'll get out of here because it is a, a, redu a redundancy I would like to avoid if at all possible. So I got some <clears throat> pictures from uh, Cindy that she emailed in. Um, and one of them is one set is of just this last... Um, Sunday, there's a, a Portland Walking Club on there's Facebook, uh, Portland Now, uh, Facebook Sundays at 9 a.m., meet at 31st, and, um, and Portland Avenue, and then we go from there, so we can either uh, walk around the neighborhood there, or we can get in the car, and everybody who wants to go can um, hike in fun places, and this place happens to be in the knobs of Indiana, 12 minutes away from 30th and uh, um, yeah, 31st and Portland. So it's pretty pretty close by, um, but it's, it's, it's a nice little path that is meant, I think, to service the high, wire, the high voltage wires. And um, I downloaded the email pictures and, uh, and clicked on one of them, and I'll see if the extractor allows a kind of a slide set here. Yes, it does. So here's another picture of that same event when we reached the top of that um, tough hill initially, and you can see that because it's not summertime, the trees don't have any leaves, and you can see uh, quite a bit more than if you uh, if it was in the middle of summer or fall, for instance, where everything leaves are blocking everything. So isn't it kind of uh, fun there? Just you know, five minutes into the walk, you got a pretty beautiful um, view. That's just the very very beginning of the walk. And then you go on a little bit, and then there's, instead of going up, then we go down, but then the rising of the sun matches the slant of the downward sloping hill, so then our legs look like they're super, super long, shadowy, um, and there's a picture of me, my hand raised, sally forth, and go ahead, and let's get walking. And, uh, of course, there's Cindy there taking the picture. Here's a beautiful uh, picture that we saw of the morning sun on the forest trees where the shadows are all horizontal on the land, which you can see because there's no, tr no leaves. And so that's a really nice effect. It's really fun to, uh, to walk through that. Some things we found during in the walking club, yeah, I guess is a mushroom, two mushrooms kind of merged together, I guess, something like that, but uh, a lot of Obviously, uh, you know, rotting wood in a, in a mature forest, and it's kind of fun to see what things can spring up. Here's a, some shelf, shelf mushrooms, or whatever they're called. Very, very dark green. I've never seen anything like that. They're white with um, spots underneath. I don't think there was a good picture of that, but that's okay. 
so um, done with that set of pictures and then I'll go um, maybe pick another one and uh, see where that leads us okay so this set is very much similar to um, this is a set of slides for uh, the the vacant lot putting up the fence just a different angle uh, same materials I think there you can a couple of places you can see the sticks that have been weaved in uh, to stand up the uh, the fence just a little bit and so how cool is that okay we'll be done with that and then we'll go to maybe a, another seen that and we've seen that okay here's one that we haven't seen don't think so um, this is the walking club <clears throat> from two weeks ago on Saturday Sunday at 9 a.m. walking club we went maybe a couple of minutes away from um, that, that's that same place in Indiana. But this is a walking area that is paved. It's almost perfectly flat. And everything about it is, is really well-groomed. Apparently there's a clinical psychologist who left this land and wanted to have a nature trail as part of his uh, legacy and uh, his gift to humanity as after he died. So on that trail, here's a picture of a babbling brook. Of course, it was very fun to uh, be there and look at all the shiny rocks. And after looking, you know, after being in Portland for a long enough time, you really appreciate just kind of the fun of being out in nature and looking at um, just kind of the wonder of the randomness and the, uh, the fierceness of a lot of the, uh, the features that find all around you. So these are just more babbling brook, babbling brook, babbling brook. And then here's another a picture of a huge tree that was felled and then it has moss and so many uh, mushrooms uh, on it. It's really quite successful. And some more mushrooms and even some more mushrooms which Really are taking that up. So that is uh, the adventure of that simple little walk in the woods. And so let's see, the next thing I'm going to do is uh, let you know that maybe because I worked a little bit on uh, the anchor article, that's probably why I didn't quite have time to put together the reskilling slide set, so I'm just kind of doing it on the on the on the fly here, and I do have almost. I'm going to have to make a couple changes, but I do have the most of the wording and the pictures for this next anchor article, and I'm going to try something I've never tried before, and that is to use.
a uh, speaking machine. I call it, uh, it's called Balabalka, Balabolka, B-A-L-A-B-O-L-K-A. It's a small little program. It just use the, uses the Windows-based uh, speech engine without having to use uh, Word or Excel or some other software. It's just available. And you just you copy your text, you put it in there, and you paste it, and then you put your cursor at the very beginning, and you hit play. So now I'm going to listen. I'm going to basically... Um, um, you uh, play it, and I just want to let you know before you hear it is that first part there's an asterisk, and it's all about. It says that this is inspired by uh, J.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings character called Tom Bombadil, and so uh, so here we go. Let's see what happens. Okay, that's not working well. I'm going to stop that. <clears throat> and uh, I have to disconnect. I have to disconnect. Uh, this, there's a speaker here. And the microphone, that's what's going on. Mm, I get it. Well, that won't work as well as I wanted it to. So I'll try it again. I'll have to disconnect um, one microphone. Here we go. Green Cemetery. The modest proposal. Asterisk here. Still after year. Flows down the seven rivers. Cloud passes. Sunlight glows. Reed and willow quivers. Dot, dot, dot. At morn and eve. But never more. Westward ships have waited in mortal waters as before. And their song has faded. Hey. Come Mary Dole, Mary Dole, and Mary O. Tolkien's Tom Bombadil is as green and weird and powerful as they come dot dot dot, but he resonates with my recent ruminations. Tom's an environmentally minded poetry slash singer in Lord of the Rings and is at ease with life and death, evil and good. What he would say to my idea as I declared, no one knows, to wit, I have visited cemeteries dedicated to organic slash green slash natural burials and they are as interesting and visceral as they come. Strike me down if our very own Portland Cemetery isn't across the street from Kroger, isn't next to a freeway bar, isn't next to an environmental magnet elementary school, and isn't owned by Metro Parks. What a perfect place for Kentucky's first green slash natural cemetery to be born. Do you see the huge open space in the southwest corner? This is where it could go without even the pearl clutch. So what is a green cemetery and natural burial? No embalming and just a shroud or pine slash liquor box. Very earthy. The internet is abuzz with it. It's time Louisville's high thought, land available zip code rise from the trenches. For the stout of heart on this, there are some things that need to happen to make this a reality. One JCDs need to get fired up about teaching their little ones that all things can be greenified even if the older generation can only think of zombies and vampires on this topic. Two responsible husbandry of the area would include fruiting perennials such as black and raspberries, horseradishes and asparagus beds nearby. Three, educate the public that there's an abundance of info and history on green cemeteries for pondering and review. For join in, there's not even one green cemetery in KY, either natural or hybrid, even though all states surrounding KY have them. This stuff is so cool since it touches on a bouquet of human issues and opportunities dot 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 and available for free for the open-minded. Oh, and do we already recognize the need for general upkeep of the cemetery in general? The few volunteers and metro staff aren't cutting it. Just driving by the cemetery on the way to Kroger with a freeway bar will show the needed upkeep. Senses wildly ripped up, tree branches askew, gradnut slash cement walls collapsed. 
Right now, the cemetery is a disrespect to the memory of Captain Mary Miller, even though we daily celebrate her new paddle wheel boat. This isn't right. So thus, while this article is about environmental awareness, it's also about socio-slash-cultural creativity in the face of blockage, putrefied recalcitrant neuroblodites. E.g., if we want environmental sustainability, we have to first work on cultural health. Did I just say the quiet part out loud, pinch me and wake me up from my hubris? A few ordinances and codes might need to be changed or created in order to start moving this needle. I recently relearned at the library's cafe the way that all citizens can stand before the city council for three minutes for any reason, so why don't you and I speak to them, with heartfelt tenor, about this novel initiative? I also think state laws and permissions are needed, so we could use support from Frankfurt in their tried and true fashion, generating high-minded rules and regulations but not giving a penny to fund it to appropriation oh well. On top of all this, I can have a rate of hope that future obituaries will somehow indicate in the world that it's to be a natural funeral, cultural and behavioral improvements by way of obituary language is a fine scheme. Dot 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 when I die don't bury me in a box in a cold dark cemetery out in the garden would be much better cause I could be pushing up homegrown tomatoes. Guy Clark 1983 why don't us noble believers to this vision just park ourselves in the Portland Cemetery on Friday evenings between Good Friday and Halloween to sing this song until the earth beneath us stances to our tune. The asterisk inspired by the songs and sentiments of Tolkien's Tom Bomb Dill. I think Tom would not his approval. And we all said, I, Portland 8. Okay. Now I'm going to reconnect my microphone to my uh, computer generating audio because it certainly was not, it might be working or it might not be working, I'm not quite sure, uh, but uh, be that as it may, uh, I needed to do that in order to show that, in order to have it um, be audible, and that's fine. So you can tell that initially I was going at a normal pace, and then I quickened it up quite a bit, and if anyone wants to write like an anchor article and don't, don't, don't know what uh, how, how writing is going to come across. You can use something like uh, speech engine, like and see what things don't make sense or drag on or or, or, or whatnot. And um, so that's what I would uh, basically using this time to reskill in terms of using um, speech engine to write better and also. Um, uh, also, I just communicated to the listener here uh, the uh, contents of the next Anchor article, which is all about green cemeteries and uh, responsible type burials. So that's, that's maybe that time has come for that conversation. Let's see, in, in, um, let's see. Other things that are coming through <clears throat> in my brain space is that I have some inline skates in storage and I want to pull them out and uh, start basically uh, doing some rollerblading uh, and for uh, exercise, and which um, I'm finding that I, I, even though I'll get back hopefully to, to running, there is a lot of pounding and my IT bands are really, really tight these days and I need to um, you know, be mindful that I don't want to right now um, pound them a whole lot. So inline skates probably would be just fine. They they're just uh, great. And some there's Portland uh, uh, bike trails that are very smooth <clears throat> that I can use uh, inline skates on. No no trouble at all. And the other thing is I I need to find a uh, uh, maybe find or else buy a, a wire brush because there's some peeling paint um, and uh, on you know my property. I'll just go ahead and brush it off 
with the wire brush before putting another uh, coat of paint on it. Otherwise, it won't stick uh, really well at all. And the other idea I had was that there's going to be a... I'm organizing a uh, vegetarian potluck in Shawnee Park on Saturday, and I thought that I needed to go get my uh, 10 by 10 tent. It's a little pop-up tent, and... Uh, it's pretty easy to stay dry if you're underneath there in the rain. But I did notice that at the when I went to Google Maps, there's at the Shawnee uh, Chickas at Chickasaw Park. It's, a, it's at Chickasaw Park. Uh, there is a um, pavilion there. So if it's really raining, we just use a pavilion. But you can always have a um, a potluck any day in the park and uh, it's just different than eating at home because you're out in the outdoors and uh, there's something uh, good about uh, doing that and if you don't know what I'm talking about just uh, try it see where it goes and um, let's see another another idea I had has to do with um, with the process for um, for gaining re some reskilling, and that is to, once you determine a project to do, uh, you know, maybe it has to do with doing something with drywall or doing an interior wall or window or something, and you can identify, first, you know, the second thing to do is to identify the skills that you need and maybe are lacking, and then you can kind of skip over to YouTube, get some basic ideas about that. But uh, YouTube generally doesn't bring you deeply into it, from what I could tell. Uh, so you have to pretty much, if you want to know what's going on, go into a, go get a library book on it, read up um, a lot more on it, and then I would say after that, uh, go to find a, a local expert, skilled person uh, that you know kind of would know how to do that, but. Uh, but you don't want to pay them and have them do it. You want to gain the, re the skill of how to do it. So the question is, how are you going to find someone to um, come and give you advice? And that is that every once in a while you have to offer them uh, a really highly skilled uh, tasks. And, and then you pay them um, for it. And then you actually kind of uh, get their advice um, projects um, from from time to time and the next thing would be to um, make sure you ask the city for local issues that might be uh, around especially if it's an outdoor project and and then then try to get your materials you need uh, locally whether that be uh, in, in the alley or at the restore or uh, yeah, obviously, maybe a big box store, finally. So that's the thought I just had recently. wanted to share that with um, folks. Um, okay, that's that summary. I'm going to go to another summary. Um, one thing I've been noticing is that uh, I, I pulled a muscle in my back uh, reaching 
and placing a car battery on the other side of the table and that'll really wrench your back. So it usually takes about 10 to 14 days for it to, the pain to go away. And what I've been doing is using good old um, being tough on it and then just accepting the pain, but after a while it just stops. You're, you kind of don't want to read and you don't want to do anything but maybe you know stretch or put a tennis ball into the pain area and loosen it up. Uh, but what I've been finding is that uh, if you do switch off ibuprofen with uh, Tylenol, acetaminophen, uh, you know, every four hours, you can really take that pain away pretty easily, assuming that it's it's not something unbelievably vicious. And <coughs> acetaminophen only deadens the pain, which if you have a strained back, you really don't care that it's um, that it's uh, needs to be um, you know reducing the swelling of it because it's just your back. Uh, but they, 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 in concert, that's the best way to do that, to make sure that you can kind of uh, control pain so you can kind of live without anything tougher that the doctor might give you and might get addicted to and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the ibuprofen is not good for your kidneys, and acetaminophen is not good for your liver. So the idea is to give them a break every uh, four hours so you switch off um, about which organ that you're attacking. But if you don't use it a whole lot, but just use it uh, you know, for, the, for a few days that you need it, uh, and not any more than the recommended daily dose, you're perfectly fine. But when a person is active, either just doing cute sports or doing hard labor, you know, like moving this or that or the other, uh, injury is going to happen, especially when you have a lot less growth hormone as you age by flowing from your brain into your muscles. You, naturally, your muscles are not that uh, big as they used to be, and you have to maintain uh, the constant um, you know, weightlifting and um, calisthenics and all that stuff, but sometimes it's hard to do that when you're trying to uh, just uh, make a make a living and live a life. So that's that's how that uh, is something I'm just learning about. Um, let's see. I learned uh, from watching the Kentucky um, legislature that um, that Kentucky wants to start handing high school diplomas to people. If you're over 21, you can go get a virtual high school diploma uh, online with very few uh, fees. So that is called uh, Senate Bill 63, and we'll see how that goes. But that would be uh, great, because a lot of people um, kind of balk at, at all that stuff, and it'd be nice if that worked out. And uh, also it would be, yeah, there's some uh, some other things the legislature's working on. I've been noticing that I could go to a KET on the TV, a Kentucky Educational Television, or also you can go to um, K 
KET app, uh, web app, and then they have either on demand or listen to it live, or you can listen to pundits um, discuss various features about it. Uh, so that for the people who want to get involved in local state uh, politics, that's very doable. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and take, a, take a break right now because I think I want to. So just to put a, a knife in the sentence, I'll just do this. intermission I was thinking about. I was thinking about <clears throat> this one right here. And I'm going to, I picked it because it has something to do with uh, dark forces and how we can overcome it. And, um, and I've been enjoying listening to um, the audio book of uh, Lord of the Rings and so it's, it's well written and of course there was the dark uh, lord there and um, we're looking at uh, dark times with <clears throat> our, in our own life too so you have to kind of um, take it for what it is and here's a song that uh, resonates and keeps on resonating <laughs> on in endless song above earth's lamentations I hear the real though far off him that hails a new creation above the tumult and the strife I hear the music ringing it sounds an echo in my soul how can I keep from singing what through the tempest loudly roars? I hear the truth it liveth, what through the darkness round me close? Our songs in the night it giveth, no storm can shake my inmost calm. While to that rock I'm clinging, since love is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? When tyrants tremble in their fear and hear their death knell ringing, when friends rejoice both far and near, how can I keep from singing in prison cell and dungeon vile? Our thoughts to them are winging when friends by shame are undefiled. How can I keep from singing when friends by shame are undefiled, how can I keep from singing?
Well, all you do is just pick up a guitar and start playing. Well, if only it was that easy, but it's certainly a nice little song to, to be sure. And I'm going to you know, say that um, I don't know how long I've been talking, and I don't want to go too far. And I'm looking to see. I have to open that and open that. Okay, 45 minutes. Okay, that's cool. Uh, let's see. Part of me is thinking uh, I may want to do a little bit of golfing this summer because the, uh, there's a golf course nearby. And the golf course might be sold or might not, depending upon how many people use it. And uh, I think golf is a great... Uh, sport for keeping your back flexible it is uh, it's quite good and I need to really get that going and um, so if you have to pay a little money have a little outdoor time and have a, a, a back that's uh, working nicely from practice strokes and all that kind of stuff then that's that's not a bad thing so I'm probably going to do that and um, across the street from the Shawnee um, golf course is Louisville Grows has a big open space there for growing open air crops as well as they've got two, um, I think, high tents or something like that. And one of them has uh, their, their plastic sheet just fine, and the other one is like half ripped off. And I was walking on my break through my employer's building just recently, and they're working on a section that is uh, really quite quite big, and they're dust. They got a plastic to keep the dust away, uh, and it is huge. It's just really huge, and. I thought that, you know, and, and it's been sewn together just kind of like all perfectly and stuff. And I thought, boy, once they're done with their construction, they're probably going to just throw that away. And that would be great to shore up the Louisville Grows uh, plastic roof and save them all kinds of money. But I really don't know if um, that plastic can be extracted I don't know if Louisville Grows would be interested in that, but it's something to follow up on because if the reason that Louisville Grows is not fixing their greenhouse is something simple, like they don't have plastic, then there you go. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity to grow lots of um, you know, seedlings and all summer long, too, uh, in that greenhouse. It's so... That's a thought I had recently as well. Okay. Going to the next instance of, uh, of, uh, of kind of my, my thoughts. Uh, let's see. Uh, recently I heard a... a, a organization called the Jacobin. It's a publication. They have a Jacobin. And so uh, it's a kind of a fun place to listen. There was, uh, on it, there was 
kind of a burny episode. Here the burn episode. So that's that's something I ran into sharing. Um, let's see. And I heard that Michael Moore uh, is losing lots of weight by just only eating when he's hungry. So the question is, you know, how do you tell when you're hungry? Is it? Uh, and then there's actually a little research: eight different types of hunger. There's eye hunger, and then there's nose hunger, and there's ear hunger. The sounds of food preparation in a dining or dining can make you hungry. There's mouth hungry, the you know, wanting to the, the taste and the texture. The stomach hunger, very natural physical hunger when your stomach's empty. And mind hungry, mind hunger. Uh, analytical eating when you tell yourself you need more protein or water or whatever to, and you should cut out certain groups that's mind hunger and then cellular hunger when your body cells feel like they need something liquids or solids and then heart hunger um, when you're sad or lonely uh, I guess that's um, well known as well so that's kind of fun just wait for the hunger before eating uh, Michael Moore uh, it was quite fat, and now he might be losing some weight. So that's that's good. And another thing I learned this month is uh, a certain type of theater called the poor poor theater, and uh, Grotowski, and also Augusto Boal, and I got a book on, on some of that stuff where they're using uh, thoughtful. Uh, theatrical performances for making a point to gain power for poor people. Um, there's a book I got from the library, Paolo Freire's book called Pedagogy of the Oppressed. And um, so I'm into that. And I <clears throat> could kind of go on with that one, but I'm still in the learning phase about all the good stuff happening there. Last month, they did publish <clears throat> my anchor article about the water fountain spouting out through the river, and apparently they used to have it there, and they failed because it got, maintenance was too expensive or something. So my idea might spurt to rethink it, or it might not. <clears throat> don't really know. Um, and now I'm looking for anything else that I just want to share with before I kind of wrap this play baby up. And there might be or might not be. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nope. I think I'm, I'm done. I'm just planning on buying some cheap uh, Wi-Fi cell phones and then plopping them up in front of the door and you can see who comes and if there's any vandalism and all that kind of stuff. So stay tuned for, because, you know, uh, reskilling has a lot to do with ideas, but ideas are way cheaper than actually the, um, the, the goal of 
actually having done it and talking about it and, uh, and doing things rather than talking about doing things. So um, right now I'll just say I'm pretty much on my way out the door. This is the reskilling, reusing life hack resilience event held every second Tuesday at 6.30 at the Portland Library uh, big uh, hall and there's a you can see all this stuff on the screen up above and uh, and if you do not attend or if you do attend and you wanted to hear uh, the audio and see some of the slides that are talked about then go to medijenny.com slash reskill after uh, a few days I'll have it posted up there so with that being said it's pretty easy to uh, head out the door by means of the music exiting.